Hello, and welcome to Living Life. In today's passage, we want to look at something called idols. We want to look at how do we deal with them? How do we identify them? And what really helps us to turn away from them? I will be sharing some personal examples of how I've come to realize some of my idols. Um, I'll be sharing examples of what allowed me to truly lay some of those things down um, and walk away from it. And I know idols can be sometimes a challenging uh, discussion because the reality of an idol is that when it's challenged, people don't like it. It's something we cherish, it's something we like, we hold on to, we want to protect. But through today's passage, what we want to see, and we will see, I pray, is that even if it's something that feels it shouldn't be taken away from us, even if it's something we want to protect, when it's taken away and replaced by the answer, we find a greater contentment, greater joy and peace than we ever had before. So why don't we look at the passage together? Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 13 through chapter 31, verse 1. A very large crowd of people assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread in the second month. They removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took up their regular positions as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests splashed against the altar the blood handed to them by the Levites. Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lambs for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate their lambs to the Lord. Although most of the many people who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord who is good pardon everyone, who sets their heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even if they are not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with great rejoicing, while the Levites and priests praised the Lord every day with resounding instruments dedicated to the Lord. Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good understanding of the service of the Lord. For the seven days they ate their assigned portion and offered fellowship offerings and praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival seven more days, so for another seven days they celebrated joyfully. 
Hezekiah king of Judah provided a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep and goats for the assembly, and the officials provided them with a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep and goats. A great number of priests consecrated themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced along with the priests and Levites and all who had assembled from Israel, including the foreigners who had come from Israel and also those who resided in Judah. There was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people, and God heard them, for their prayer reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. When all this had ended, the Israelites who were there went out to the towns of Judah, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. They destroyed the high places and the altars throughout Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh. After they had destroyed all of them, the Israelites returned to their own towns and to their own property. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, growing up, I've always had a thing for nice things. Um, someone who enjoys seeing the details of things and have a high appreciation for those things. For example, when I'm in a car, I'll start looking at details like a window button. How does it feel? What's that click like? Uh, what is the material made out of? How durable does it seem? Um, I'll think about um, things like how does this interior design uh, fit seamlessly? How does it feel? Is it cheap? Is it plasticky? Is it strong and durable? Is it glued on or is it, is it, is it screwed on? And um, I'll do a lot of research and read about things like the engine, how complex it is, how uh, new the technology is. I'm someone who pays a lot of attention to details. And I think there are some strengths to that, but here is the issue. With the natural way that advertising works and the way products are released, I realized I was often getting greatly tempted because the nature of a new product is that there's something better about the next one that the previous one did not have. There's something more to it. And for someone who is attentive to details, I become curious and I'll start researching and then I'll start to think about what if I had it and next thing I know, I realized I can't live without it. I realized that over the years, my heart became addicted to the concept of better, more. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I bought everything or buy everything. But here's a key point, and this is one of the ways we can identify our idols. In the times I sit daydreaming or I have free time, I'm on the laptop. I realize I start looking at the things I want. I just keep researching it. I keep looking at the pictures. And I start to think about what if I had it. And again, as that continues to happen, what happens is in my heart, I go, wow, here are these better things. And wow, as I look at myself, here's what I don't have. And I'm constantly seeking after those things. I'm constantly seeking after this concept of better and more. And here's the issue. It doesn't just stop with materialistic goods. It can be with people's approval. It can be uh, with my measure of success. Constantly going, how can I be more loved by people? How can I be a better uh, preacher? How can I be a better worker, a better student? I'm constantly 
wanting something more or wanting to be something more. And in that, I had to come to a realization and acknowledgement that I have an idol in my life. And I came to wrestling with these things, and I remember something. Um, I remember that the time when I was in Japan. I went to Japan for missions for about 15 months. And what happened was, when I was in America, I was in a place I was comfortable. I had everything. I had a car, I had friends, I, um, I was respected. Um, believe it or not, you may not believe it, but people thought I was cool and people respected me and um, I had all those things. And when I went to Japan, um, I went during the time in 2011 uh, where the earthquake occurred and uh, there was a nuclear plant explosion. And during that time, the currency was so low. So low. And when I went, um, I didn't have much money. Whatever money I took was reduced to like 75% of its original worth. And I was eating less and I was losing weight. My health was deteriorating. I was with Japanese people and Korean people, but I grew up in America and so I was barely able to communicate. And so the things that I held dear, the things that made me feel a little bit more secure, things like people's approval, the things that I have, my health or the materialistic goods or money, all of these things were taken away from me. And in that moment, I remember there was a time where I was so poor, I had $5 to last me for two weeks. And I was just eating rice, and if I was lucky, rice with tofu. Um, and I remember in that time when I felt so poor, um, I remember thinking, God's word, he, he said, it, his word is the daily bread that gives us fullness and satisfies us. And so I took a challenge and I just read scripture about two hours a day. When I was hungry, I just read scripture. And in that time, I realized something. I realized when Jesus was all that I had, when everything was taken away from me and all I could do was run to God's word, when I saw that when Jesus is all that I had, when I came to a place where Jesus was all that I had, I finally realized that Jesus was all that I ever needed. And from there, I experienced the contentment and, and fullness that no thing, no approval, uh, no measure of success could ever satisfy. So as we go into the conclusion, we will see what happened in this passage that teaches us about how we ought to respond to the idols in our life and how it is only through our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can find true satisfaction. So let's go to the conclusion. So as we conclude, may we remember the, the image we see in this passage where people in the midst of their celebration, they destroy their idols and lay them aside, toss it aside. It brings to mind Pastor Timothy Keller who talks about how we have a God-sized hole in our hearts. And this void can only be filled by God. And when we're constantly trying to fit it with different things, we'll always be dissatisfied. But until we realize that it is only God who can fill that heart, we'll always be in that rhythm of trying to find something. And that's the false hope of an idol is that it tells us that if you just have this, you'll be happier. 
if you just have this, you'll be uh, more lovable. But the reality is only when we see that Jesus is the one that we always needed, we always long for, then we will always struggle with our idols. So brothers and sisters, may we respond like these brothers and sisters um, and respond as Pastor Timothy Keller challenges us. May we remember that it is when we're satisfied in Jesus that these idols can truly be removed. So brothers and sisters, may we pursue to know the Lord Enjoy the Lord. Be satisfied only in the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we need you. Father, there are many things we seek after. There are many things we hope uh, for. But Father, anything that is apart from you that we seek to be our ultimate desire, Father, remove those things and replace it with the gospel. Replace it with your presence. Replace it with intimacy with you, O God, that when we find joy in you, Lord, we will truly understand what joy means. So, Lord, remove the idols in our lives and help us instead to look to you, to find you, and be satisfied in you. We love you. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, Stepping in closer